I V M. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast brought to you by Seat Tires. I'm your host for this week, Ashwin. I'm joined by Varun in Singapore. DJ is out playing some cricket on a Sunday, so it's just the two of us. Varun, DJ and I got together last week or midweek, I guess it was, and talked a little bit about the IPL cancellation. This is a little bit weird overall, right? Like we were all ready to go for 60-game IPL season and literally just like you and I were together a week ago talking about the halfway point of the season and the house of cards just crumbled, right? So we spent a lot of time talking about it, but I just want your quick point of view. How are you feeling? It's been a weird week. It's just, the whole thing has just been bizarre, hasn't it? It's a bit unfair, actually. Like I was telling somebody that I could, I can take a cancellation before it starts, but to take a cancellation midweek is something that took me a long time to deal with. In fact, I was pretty depressed for two days after it was announced. And a lot of my friends were laughing because I was playing the Annu Malik song, Why Did You Break My Heart? Why did you go away? <laughs> so I was like in a in a bad shape for those two, three days. Was that at COVID or at the IPL or <laughs> at the BCCI? IPL. Yeah, no, it's it's been weird, right? So we were thinking about what we want to do this episode. And we actually got a few requests. So for those of you who've been listening a few years, we run these awards at the end of every IPL called the Bakwaskar Awards, which I don't remember which one of us coined the term, but it's pretty good. But if you're looking for a laugh, go back and listen to our post-IPL episodes from at least two years ago and last year, maybe three years ago. Two. Anyway, as, mo- as long as we've been running it. And essentially, we thought about it and we said, I don't think it's fair for us to do Bakwaskar Awards already for two reasons. One, we believe the season's going to come back, right? Whether the window is, you know, before the World Test Championship, after the World Test Championship, at some point we believe this IPL season will finish. We're not giving up hope yet, even though it's suspended and players are going home. And the second is given that we think it's coming back, it's really not fair, right? T20s is that kind of format where you can bounce back so quickly. We had some, even in the, across the course of the first half of the IPL, you had some people who started poor and, and bounced back, some people who, you know, started really strong and started, you know, began to fade away. So, Varun, what we're going to do instead of the Bakwaskars is we're going to do kind of hits and misses, right? So before the season, we went through squad by squad, did who do we think is going to play, who are going to be impact players, all that. We're going to go squad by squad and just do kind of a high level, a couple of minutes on each, at the halfway stage, at the point the IPL was suspended, who were some of the standout performers? Who were the players who fell way short? And yeah, let's just let's just try to run it that way and see how it goes. So, with eight teams, let's start at the top of the Sunrisers Hyderabad. I guess bottom you, of the you, table. Yeah, I was going to say, you mean at the bottom of the table. Yeah, at the bottom. Let's go at the bottom with the Sunrisers Hyderabad. Just because I have the squad open on Buzz and that's the order they're in. So, there's no other yeah. logic to go with that. But talk me through that, right? Obviously, a tough season. But hits and misses for you from the Sunrisers? Yeah, very tough season. I think I've never seen them struggle so much. Let's be honest, Sunrisers has always struggled with the balance of the squad in the past. But they've got their act together after three, four games. This is the first IPL where firstly, I think they just couldn't get their act together in terms of the squad. Second, changing captaincy in the middle. I mean, we've seen that happen before with KKR. It's not great. It's probably a decision that's being made for the following year. But it somehow in the middle of the tournament, it just doesn't seem to work. Let's talk misses first. I would say David Warner, big miss. Like he just didn't seem like he was had that ability to accelerate in this format of the game this time at the IPL. Now, not everyone needs to go at 160 strike rate, but Warner, I think, was struggling to go at even 100, 110. So for me, big miss. Manish Pandey, second name on my miss list. Not because he's not good at playing cricket or his, or his batting. It's just that 
there some, seems to be some correlation that when Manish Pandey does well, Sunrisers lose. And when he does uh, badly, they win. So, what a quick fun fact. Yeah. Warner and Pandey both made 193 runs so far. This oh, really? Warner took six innings, Manish took five. And uh, Warner, but Warner did it at 110.28 and Manish did it at 123.71. So arguably both not good enough. But yeah, Warner, not good enough. Decent amount of runs, to be honest. I, I was a bit surprised. I think both of them got 50s, which helped. If you take away that one innings, uh, it looks a lot more average. So, yeah, I mean, big, big miss from that perspective. The other miss, I would say, is that when they took out Warner, they played Nabi and they had Jason Roy sitting there who had experience in India from the India-England T20s. So again, a miss not being in terms of, uh, not being able to, to to pick the right squad. Other guys, Kedar, Vijay Shankar, they, they did nothing, man. Like really, honestly did nothing. And that didn't help. Natarajan got an injury midway. He couldn't play. But to me, there are two guys who, or three guys who stood out. One is Bairstow. Lovely, clean hitting, good strike rate, got them off to good start. So without Bairstow, I'd, I'd fail to think about how they even would have lost the matches that they did. Williamson in the middle order doesn't get the chance. He never starts the first game in the IPL, but claws his way back, has become captain, is a big part of that middle order. And then, of course, the third is Rashid Khan. And it was very interesting to see that uh, a bowler who has always bowled outside the power play in the history of IPL started bowling inside he gets hit with the new ball a little bit, but he picks up a wicket in every over almost that, that he bowls in power play. So these are the three standouts. If you ask me, honestly, these have been the three standouts for the last couple of years. And so it just shows that their quality from these players is very good. But overall, a terrible season for Sunrisers. Yeah, I mean, sounds like, honestly, the miss you're saying is, is the team, the selection, the strategy just didn't come together for them this year, right? Here's another fun fact. There's eight teams, right? So... If I was to ask you, okay, basic math question, but out of the top, let's say 32 bowlers in terms of wickets, Hyderabad should have four, right? Like just divided by eight teams. Let's say they had a bad season. They have one. Wow. One bowler in the top 32 most wickets taken. And that's Rashid Khan, obviously, who's sitting at five. And then Khalil comes in at number 32, right? So it's, it's just unbelievable. Like the bowlers, which have been the distinguishing factor for them, despite being weak on papers in years past just didn't come good, right? Yeah, so you see a lot of times you saw the the opposition getting only one or having being only one or two down for the entire innings. Obviously, those were taken by Rashid, but there was uh, there was nothing to talk about. Right, so not a lot to talk about with Sunrisers, but we're going to keep going down this list. And the next team we come to is the Royal Challengers Bangalore. So obviously a much, much better season for them. Six wins in a row. Strangely enough, still they ended third on the table. Just was it six wins or was it five wins in a row? I think, I think, it, was I think it was five in a row, yeah. Five in a row. They ended up third on the table at the point of suspension with Delhi going top, which I mentioned about eight times on last episode. I'm going to do it again. Anybody who's talked to me will know that, the, that Delhi's sitting at the top of the table right now. And CSK coming in second. But a couple of standouts as I think about the Royal Challengers Bangalore, right? I would not have bet money on saying this at the beginning of the season, but Glenn Maxwell, right? Suddenly gave them options, right? He didn't do so good. He hasn't done so well in the last few years. People didn't understand why he justified the price that he got. I mean, he ended up making 223 runs, including two half centuries, striking at 144.8. Just just magnificent. So he came really good there. I mean, you also have to give credit to, let's say, Virat and Dev Parikal. Like, Virat didn't have the best season, but he still almost ended up with 200 runs, 198. Parikal had a magnificent century. So honestly, from a batting standpoint, Pretty consistent. And then A.B. De Villiers, when he needed to, he came good. So, I don't know, there are no real misses for me and their batting. 
Yeah, I don't know if there's anybody you would highlight. No, no, no miss. And again, like I faced a little bit of backlash from people I spoke to about the AB and Kohli approach. People keep saying your best players need to face the most balls in T20. Doesn't always work like that. You you need to have people who can accelerate. You need to have people who can bat through the innings. So I think I just want to give a shout out to say that I think RCB, despite having the best stats for any kind of batting parent in AB and Kohli, decided to split them out. And I can't recall exactly, but I think in the six or seven games that happened, I don't remember Kohli and AB being at the crease together. Now, maybe not great for their friendship, but absolutely great for the team because you almost had a situation where through the 20 overs, one of them was in the middle. And I think that was a very big difference for me. Yeah, I think what's best for their friendship is getting a trophy together, honestly, right? Yeah, because neither of them have a trophy. Kohli has the 2011 World Cup, but neither of them really has a trophy, if you think about it. Well, Kohli does, but neither of them has an IPL trophy, is what I meant to say. I don't want to get into the controversy about whether Kohli is part of that 2011 team or not. Or or whether Kohli has, you know, I guess, justified the silverware he's been a part of. But let's talk about a little bit about the bowling then, right? A little bit of a tale of two cities for me, if you will, right? With Harshal Patel looking outstanding in some games and then just absolutely atrocious in others. Like, just imagine this. He has 17 wickets, the most wickets by by three. And then Kyle Jamieson was eighth on that list. So, you know, RCB's bowlers as a whole did well. Harsha Patel stood out. But imagine this. He had 17 wickets and had an economy rate of 9.17, right? So obviously a couple of games where he got hit pretty badly. What do you think about Harshal this year? Like, was it, okay, he bowled, he happened to bowl in the death overs. He had one good game and then he picked up a lot of junk wickets. Or was it, were they legitimately good, well-deserved 17 wickets? No, I think they were legitimately good, well-deserved 17 wickets. I think, okay, apart from Glenn Maxwell, RCB has had the same squad for a couple of years. And the difference this year was that first, they split out their batting order, which worked. But the second is that they gave Harshal Patel the role of being the death bowler. So RCB has lost a lot of games in the last two to three overs because they just haven't been able to to have the right guys to bowl in the in the right areas, right? So again, a lot of controversy on this one. But this week, we're going to do three different SEAT players of the IPL. So our, my SEAT Secure Drive player, bowler of the IPL so far is Harshal Patel. And it's really because that knack of picking up wickets. Yes, you are going to be hit for a lot of runs. But he kept coming back. And remember the economy rate you were talking about, nine, it gets very skewed. So I think he had two overs in two different games that went for above 20. And I think one of them was the Jadeja 37 over, right? So let's give him a little bit of credit. If you were to take that one or two overs away, the economy rate drops, the wickets stay the same. So for me, I think he was the standout performer. Right. So interesting, right? As you go through those first two teams, Hyderabad, far more misses than hits. RCB, far more hits than misses. I don't know who to think about from a miss standpoint. Maybe, maybe somebody like Chehel. I was going to say, played all I was going to say Chehel. I think uh, more as India team fans, I, I'm worried about Chehel. Kuldeep is anyway not playing in KKR's 11. Chehel has been very, very poor for the last couple of months. So not a good sign for Team India. And I would say even like Kohli would not be happy that his premier kind of leg spin bowler performed so poorly. Absolutely. 
Let's move on to the third team, shall we? The Rajasthan Royals. This was interesting, right? So I want to ask you about the batsmen. And I don't think any of us would have predicted David Miller was a sure shot in the 11. They obviously had some unexpected with Jofra and Stokes. Obviously, two of the guaranteed overseas players didn't end up playing much of the season. But what I thought was interesting is, if I, if I remember this correctly, there were three centuries in the IPL. And two of them came from Rajasthan batsmen, right? Butler scored one and Sanju scored the other. So, of course... Fair to say they're both hits, or was it just they both have one good innings and look blow hard? Yeah, I think it was one good innings. I think if you look back at any IPL, you'll always see uh, Sanju Samson's first innings is somewhere between 70 to 100. And either Butler or Stokes is going to hit another century somewhere in the IPL. So, yes, uh, when you look at it, two out of three centuries, but when you think about Rajasthan Royals versus previous years, they always have two centuries. So, I'm going to say that. Butler took a long time to find his form. Even in the innings where he hit 100, it took him a while to get going. And Sanju Samson added responsibility of captain, came out all guns blazing, hit a beautiful century first game. But after that, just went back to the Sanju Samson that we knew. Why it's important for him is because really, I believe, there is a slot where he might be able to get into India's World Cup T20 side. But just didn't take advantage of it. Just keeps throwing away his wicket. Uh, looks great with the bat. But honestly, with Stokes gone, both of these guys had to step up. They didn't. And Rajasthan was again towards the bottom of the table. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting, right? They, were, they didn't end up looking too good. But yet, some games they had single performers that stood out. I was trying to think through who missed out for me on Rajasthan, right? I, the two names that came to my mind were Rahul Tevatiya and Riyan Parag. I think neither of them made more. They both played all the games, batted a fair number. Neither of them made more than 80, 90 runs, I think, in the whole season. Tevati only picked up two wickets. And so just, obviously, he had one great game last season and, you know, became the talk of the town. But fell a little bit short in terms of the role they play to try to be all-rounders in that middle order that can hit big and bowl as well, right? So any thoughts yeah, on those Yeah, I agree. Two? I think both look good. Like, Rian Parag is looking better and better to me. That, again, very clean hitter of the ball. But... The thing is, he was getting the time in the middle and getting out. He hit great 25s, but that's not enough. You need to get 40, 45, 50, especially when you're coming in at the end. So, I agree with you there. The other name I want to just throw out is Manan Vora. I mean, he starts the IPL. He's been talked about a lot as a younger kid. He's he's played for Punjab in the past. And after getting five, six matches to still not be able to convert into even a decent score is just... It, it was poor. And I worry for his kind of longer-term IPL career. Because, you know, you're batting around Stokes, Butler and Samson. And honestly, nobody's expecting you to be a superhero. So you have to either get the team off to a great start or get to a 50 uh, to bat through. So, yeah, disappointing. Yeah, I didn't mention him because I honestly forgot. Like That's yeah. how unmemorable his season was, unfortunately. But quick shout-out to Chris Morris. Third on the list of wicket-takers. 14 wickets. Didn't make that many runs, but... Despite, you know, Sanju not giving him strike in that one match where they had to try to chase it over. Sanju didn't take the single to give him. The next match, Morris came and won it for them. So, yeah, I mean, high expectations when you come in with that kind of a price tag. But he, I'd say he did pretty well for Rajasthan, right? Yeah, again, I have to, have to remind our listeners that we got Jaydev Anatkat on uh, last year. And he said they don't ask for the price tag. So, he did well. Yeah, I think Chris Morris was a great addition. He picks up these great wickets. He picked up four wickets as well in one particular game. And overall, good guy to have. But surprising that he bats below Parag and Tivatia. So that's something I couldn't quite figure out. The other name and last name, I think, from the RR team to, to call out is really Chetan Sakaria. Like, 
great find, great attitude, kept bowling well. Um, you know, even if he got hit, he came back strong and just looked like he had great attitude, great spirit. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Great mention, really good shout out. Let's hit one more team before we take a break, quick break. And the next one on our list is Mumbai Indians. A bit of a weird season for them, right? I mean, on paper, they ended up fourth on the table at the time of suspension. Four out of seven wins, four wins out of seven games. Not that bad. And yet, early in the season, they didn't look like the Mumbai Indians we knew. But that's what makes a champion side is when you start you know, slowly or when things start a little bit rough, you can still find a way to eke out those wins, right? Even... Even some of their wins, like, of course, there were some losses. Even some of their wins looked a little bit scratchy. And so I started trying to think about it. Is Mumbai, for you, Varun, a side that didn't really have a ton of standout players, but just everybody came good when they needed to at one point? Or was there somebody you'd mentioned? Yeah, Mumbai has always kind of been like that, right? If you look at Mumbai Indians, firstly, strongest team by far. Like, on paper, on the field, um, strongest team. They've also had a history of having different man of the matches regularly throughout the, every, every IPL. So, it is a case where different people stand up. I don't know how much the ground had to play a part in it. They started at Chepok and started very poorly there versus at the Wankhede, a small ground where Pollard can miss it a one-handed six. So, it, it's not that easy. Now, I actually wrote down two big names from the Mumbai Indians team in terms of the batsmen who were misses. The first is Sky. I mean, he... I have no idea what he was doing. I kept picking him in my fantasy team and he kept getting out within 5-10 balls. Let me just say, 173 runs at 144.1 strike rate, including 150 and an average of 24.7. So, maybe the 50 skews... Yeah, it does. But like that, that's what everyone says, right? That, oh, Sky's role is to only get 25 runs at 150 strike rate. But you're batting at 3. You're going for the position in India. Kohli is willing to change his batting position for you in T20 cricket. And you you cannot go at 25. You can't be on an average of 25. So, I really like Sky. I believe he should play for India. He's been a great part of Mumbai But look, we have to be objective. For the first half of this IPL, he was a big miss for me. Yeah, really well said. Anybody else? Like, let's, I think we have one more Seat player of the yeah, to give so, out here, right? For, for yeah, so the so the Seat secure drive all rounder of the IPL so far has to be Kyron Pollard. I mean, just the one game where he came in and took two wickets and won them the game with some ridiculous hitting that I have not seen before through the middle overs when they were almost down and out. I think it was fantastic. And we talked about this in our earlier episodes that Pollard always comes and does this once or twice. He's like kind of Mr. Dependable for them. There have been points where I wonder what role does he play in the Mumbai Indians. But every time I think that, I, I kind of get the answer by seeing him. So, he's uh, this week's he had secure drive all-rounder of the IPL so far. And equally... Bad was Hardik Pandya. I don't know what you thought of Hardik, but just to me, very, very poor. Yeah, I'm going to try to pull his numbers. We look like six innings, 52 runs. Yeah. Of, I think 22 of which came in one innings. Strike rate of 118. Just not the player we wanted. I was trying to think through nothing nothing memorable at all. So, more concerning signs for you with the... I mean, again, game? I just give Hardik the benefit of the doubt. I think the... He he got hit, he got caught out a lot on the boundary trying to hit. So he's gonna have to adjust that. He is a he's I think he's India's best lower order finisher today, right? So give him all the backing, give him all the uh, the, the the confidence that he needs, but this IPL he didn't do his job. 
Absolutely. And so interesting to go through hits and misses from the first four teams. I think we should have a special call out for Rahul Shaher in, in the Mumbai Indians oh, yeah. team. Because, you know, yes, Rohit Sharma, Dikok, everyone did well in like average of about two games each. But Shaher, I think, bowled magnificently. He, he really was the standout Indian spinner of this IPL. And so for me, again, a great candidate ahead of Chehel, ahead of Kuldeep Yadav, shows that variation and says himself that, you know, his his captain Rohit Sharma inspires a lot of confidence and believes in him more than he does himself. So special call out to him for that. Yeah, 11 wickets, 1-4 for our economy rate of just 7.2. So very well said. Good call out. He was fourth highest on the list of wicket takers. When the season resumes, he's going to be gunning for that purple yeah. cap, right? So, with that, we're going to take a Seattle Tire strategic timeout. We'll be back after this break to talk a little bit about the other four teams, including our very own favorite. And we will touch briefly upon the India squad chosen for the World Test Championship. So, don't go anywhere. Have you ever wondered where the business world is headed? How the ways in which we create, market, and sell to consumers will evolve? Or if we'll ever go back to wearing pants while working? For answers to all of this and more, tune into Advertising is Dead with me, Varun Dugirala. Every Tuesday, as I talk to entrepreneurs, leaders, and change makers from across business, media, marketing, and beyond, you can catch all episodes of Advertising is Dead on the IBM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast, brought to you by Seat Tires. If you're just tuning in, Varun and I are going through team by team through the IPL and just go talking a little bit through our hits and misses. It's a little bit hard to do because it feels like we're talking about a season that's done and yet we're holding out hope that this is a, halfway po- a little ahead of the halfway point and we're going to be able to finish the season, squeeze it in somehow. Obviously, priorities is everybody's safety and managing COVID in, in India first, but we're hopeful that cricket will come back at some point. Let's talk about your least favorite team. The worst. The team you love to hate. The worst team is always. Yeah. Well, they were seventh. They were eighth on the table. That's because that's they didn't have enough time. Oh, you think they would have got, they will get there when the season <laughs> catches back up? And of course, if you haven't been following Varun's love-hate relationship, they were talking about KKR, right? Bizarre season. Seven matches, just the two wins. Morgan started out looking scratchy. The three Indian guys at the top, Gil, Rana, and Tripathi, started out looking great. Narayan didn't really, couldn't really figure out his role specifically. And then, of course, Varun and Sandeep were the two first ones to be at least, you know, diagnosed with, with positive with COVID. Two so, four. So that, let's hope that, uh, that it doesn't spread much within the team because we, we know what COVID can do, right? It can, it can spread through everyone. So we saw Prasid Krishna also yesterday uh, announced. So let's hope everyone is safe. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So let's talk about the first seven games and a little bit of the hits and misses, right? Their highest run scorer... Only made 201 run. Like, just think about this. Because Warner made 193. And, and, he was and you said he was, yeah. he was a myth. Rana was their highest run scorer, who made 180 of which came in their one innings. Tripathi was made 187. So, you could argue everybody stepped up a little, but you could also say nobody did good enough, right? Who are your kind of... Let's start with misses on KKR. Actually, are there, there, are, there are no hits. I can't think There's of a no single hit? hit. Genuinely, like, I'm not saying this to... Pat, Pat Cummins just, picked up nine wickets. Prasid and Varun picked up eight and seven wickets, respectively. So I can see some bowlers who did okay. Maybe not a hit, necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, so mostly misses for me. First miss is the inability of the team to change anything quickly, right? Like, if Gil Tripathi and Narana are an inexperienced 
top order, you should have figured out early on that something needs to change. You need to have an experienced player. So first miss is for their team strategy, mainly for Brendan McCullum, I think, because after the seventh game, he said there will be changes. And I mean, nothing's stopping you from doing something different at the start. So I would say Gill was my biggest kind of miss when it came to their batting lineup. So much promise, so much talent. Everyone's talking about this kid and just failed to deliver, right? So kind of making us all believe that you know, he's a test batsman. He just can't accelerate, which I think he's a class player. So he should really work at it, work on his game, work on accelerating and come back strong. I would say Shakib was also a miss for me. Didn't pick up too many wickets, couldn't accelerate, was probably batting at the wrong position. But that was a tough one. Sunil Narayan also didn't do that much. Morgan... I think played probably one good innings uh, where 47 not out where he won that game for them. But apart from that, I think a couple of ducks, very low single-digit scores. So, like I said, nobody really stood out. Russell, you, I mean, you can't talk about KK without talking about Russell. He's been a mixed bag for them the last couple of years. When he gets going, there's nobody better than him. Like, between him and Gale, I think they're the, probably the best T20 players around. But... It takes a lot for them to get going. Like, he doesn't uh, do it regularly. His shots are ugly but effective. And yes, he, you know, I, I was actually most impressed with his death bowling. Morgan started bowling him two overs at the end of every innings. He was going round of the wicket, not giving right-handed batsmen any space. And when you watch two games of him doing that, you're just like, let's wait and see how he does this to A.B. De Villiers because that's the real test. And A.B. De Villiers just tonked him all around the park, got his line length off. And so, yeah, I mean, Russell, I think, did better than some of the others in the team. But overall, poor season so far. Yeah, well articulated. Not a lot to add there. Just a tough season for the KKR in general. No real standout performer. Like I said, a couple of special mentions to Cummins, Chakravarti, Prasid, who did okay with the wickets. But you needed one of them to step up and play even better. All right. Three more teams to go. Next, we're coming to the Punjab Kings, the newly christened team. New name, not quite a new fortune, not quite the turnaround in fortune they had hoped for. They were sitting at the time of suspension at in sixth position with just three wins out of five. The last match of the season before it got called off or before it got suspended was obviously against Delhi, where Delhi was able to take on take that victory home. So as I looked at Punjab, I mean, I'm, do we, I, we don't even need to talk about Nicholas Puran as a miss, right? No questions asked about it. He made three a, a bit, a, I mean, I really like the guy. A bit unlucky. Such a great T20 player, but unlucky, got run out. Some things didn't work in his favor. And then just had, I think that, that, that poor form kind of just translated into low scores, even when he wasn't getting run out. Yeah, I don't know if unlucky is necessarily how I'd say it. I mean, what, what was he at? Four, he averaged 4.66 <laughs> at a strike rate of 84.84. He made three ducks. One score of nine, one score of 19. Just, I mean, just not good enough. But you're right. I guess there was a little bit of misfortune there as well. But a couple of interesting things I would highlight. Let me, I'll talk through the batting. You can talk through the bowling. But KL Rahul looked really good. There was still, there was a couple of games where we said, oh my gosh, same old KL Rahul, batting too slowly, no strike rate, etc. But he ended the season at a strike rate of 136.21. Made 331 runs, including a magnificent 91 so I think he was figuring out how to get to, let's say, 30, the first 40 runs or so at a run a ball and then accelerate. And it was interesting in that last game of the season, Mayank won man of the match and followed the exact same template. One of the man of the match in a losing cause. In, as he, captain. As captain. Made 99 of, not out of 58 balls. 
And similar thing though, his first 35-40 were close to a run the ball and then he just accelerated. So special shout out to the two of them. I think very difficult when nobody else steps up with the bat. I, I can't think of a third batsman. Maybe Gail had one good innings, but I can't think of a third batsman who I'd say was a good good contender for a hit there. Anything to add on batting? Or was that you do the bowling? No, I think interesting. I think the key thing is just David Milan being there, uh, top, top number one T20 batsman in the world, not being able to find a spot. And I want to just mention Deepak Huda. I mean, he's been through a lot of kind of tough time in the last six months uh, from a domestic cricket perspective and, and the whole fight with Krunal Pandya, etc. But he came out and he played some really big, big shots, great innings, uh, bowled in almost every game. So I think, yeah, special shout out to Deepak Huda. In terms of the bowling, I mean, again, like Murugan Ashwin started the IPL, wasn't great. And you left Ravi Bishnoi out, like this kid who's been doing so well for you. Clearly a good fielder, look at the two catches he took. But you left Ravi Bishnoi out. Mohammad Shami coming back after an injury, like I think he's dependable. But again, the, the second one for me is Chris Jordan. You didn't start the IPL with him as well. He's like a death death bowler specialist in T20 cricket. So, again, I think some of the selections wrong. I would have never started without Bishnoi or Jordan. Riley Meredith looked okay. Nothing nothing great, but uh, I don't want to be negative towards him. And Jai Richardson also, I think, a good find for Punjab. Yeah, I mean, again, when you're sitting six on the table, obviously you didn't have any major success stories. But I 100% agree with you. I mean, Bishnoi got hit in the Delhi game a little bit. But other than that, 2 for 17, 2 for 21, and 0 for 19. And yeah, 0 for 19, like no wickets in that game, but 19 runs and a 4 over. Pretty, pretty good, right? So let's give him him credit. I'm sure when whenever the season does resume, he'll get a, he'll get a pretty solid shot. Two teams to go. We're going to first do our favorite, which I think we could end up spending much more time on than we need to. But let's start with the Delhi Capitals. Varun, I'll let you do the batting here. I mean, clearly two standout performances. I know you're going to mention a couple of the misses as well. But but pretty good season, right? Yeah, and you mentioned Ravi Mishnah got hit by Delhi Capitals. Who didn't get hit by the Delhi Capitals? I mean, every every team had kind of had to face the top order duo of Dhawan and Shaw. Number one and number four on the run scorers list. Yeah, absolutely. Between them, 688 runs. Dhawan at 380, Shaw at 308. Excellent. I think, uh, you know, this Crick Info does this smart stats. I, I, I'll be honest, I need to read more into what exactly that means. But Dhawan and Shaw are number one and two when it comes to batsmen start smart stats or smart runs. So, I think what that means is they contributed to the team wins. They, they, they started off well, they played long, they had the best power play scores in the IPL. And so that's why this week when we had to do our CH Secure Drive batter of the IPL so far or batsman of the IPL so far, we couldn't give it to just one. So we have to give it to, as Ravi Shastri said, the experienced player and the young Turk duo of Shaw and Dhawan, who honestly just rocked at this IPL. So excellent from both of them. However, we do have to say that apart from the two of them, there was not much to write home about in the in the Delhi batting lineup. Pant is going to be a miss for me, uh, not just from his captaincy perspective. He's learning. Let's give him time there. But he has lost the ability to hit the sixes. He's not being able to do that. He is getting boundaries, but it's 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 looking tough. Limited over cricket is looking tougher and tougher for Rishabh Pant. Somewhere where he started out. So, he needs to work on this a little bit. He needs to not kind of lose that ability to hit the sixes. Steve Smith never really got going. Marcus Stoinis, complete disappointment. And 
Shimon Hetmeyer, I had to say his name correctly, uh, because we call him something else. But I, I think he was really good. He was standout for me. You know, Delhi has always had those top order batsmen, including Shreyas Iyer, but has always struggled when it comes to the last four overs. And I think Hetmeyer has been told that you need to play this role to perfection. And he did. So he's the only other guy apart from Sean Dhawan who I would call out in the batting. Yeah, well said. I think it's a tough role, right? To come in, you might come in when there's three balls left. You might come in when there's 15 balls left. You might come in when there's half the innings left. And so very difficult role, but I think Hetmeyer didn't get a, too much of an opportunity to, to shine, but did well when he did. I'm going to talk a little bit about the bowlers, right? It's an, an interesting because again, top of the table at the, the league was suspended. What I think is interesting is if you had, if anybody had said, Let's look at the lineup of Indian bowlers, right? From a quick standpoint, you have Omesh Yadav, Ishan. There was a lot of excitement about Lukman Meriwala coming into the auction, etc. as a younger talent. Then you've got Nokia and Rabada. And if you had told me the standout bowler for Delhi was Avesh Khan, I mean, I would never, I would never have assumed that, right? I don't even think he was in any of our playing 11s before the season when we started, when we were predicting. Yeah, and uh, what I really loved is this video on the Delhi Capitals Instagram page where Ricky Ponting called Avesh Khan the unsung hero. And then <laughs> the match after that, Avesh Khan is walking off the pitch after bowling and everyone's congratulating him and he's going around saying, yep, I'm the unsung hero. So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> everyone so was so like laughing at him for that. But uh, really well done. I mean, he was hitting the right line in length, getting the Yorkers in, getting wickets in the middle overs. So, yeah, while, you know, while there's an Amit Mishra, there's Akshar Patel, there's a Ravi Chandran Ashwin, Rabada, Nokia, like you said it, he was the standout and super, like just very, very happy to see him bowling so well. I couldn't agree more. 14 wickets. The other quick shout out I'll give, it was maybe a little unexpected, is Lalit Yadav. I think, interesting, right? He only bowled in four innings, picked up only three wickets total, two of which came in one match, but bowled in an economy, 11 overs at an economy rate of six. Just very tight, very disciplined bowling. And in a side where Ashwin had left early, right, gave uh, gave his captain some options. So great to see that. I, I think he's going to leave a lasting impact on, on the IPL, especially for the Delhi side. So great to see. But yeah, hey, a lot easier, right? More hits for Delhi. Anything to add on the Capitals? Yeah, nothing else to add. I think good season. I hope the Delhi Capitals comes out strong in the second half of the IPL whenever it happens because our history hasn't been great over the last uh, 12 to 13 years. But very, very good performance from them so far. All right, final side. Fighting with the Delhi Capitals for top spot. The naysayers will say that Delhi got the top spot because they had one extra game. But as far as I'm looking at the point table, at this point, CSK is sitting in second. But the Chennai Super Kings. I mean, what a magnificent response to last season. Not a lot of changes in terms of their team. Probably one critical one was the inclusion of Moin Ali. So I have to assume he's a hit for you as he was for me. I mean, made 200-plus runs, gave them a bowling option. The top order did good. Faf made 320. Just to add, the hit is not only picking Moin Ali, but also MSD playing Moin Ali at three. Nobody has done that in the past. And you may have sent him for one innings, but... He made him consistently bad at three, a position that is owned by Suresh Raina for CSK. And Raina had to push himself down the order. Yeah, I mean, incredible. And those are the kind of moves that when they don't work, people like make laugh and joke. And when they work, it just comes off as a masterstroke. And we've seen MS time and again as Skipper in his career, just make those decisions that work and leave an incredible impact. So I would say Faf, no question, probably a hit. Moenali, of course, a hit. Let's talk a little bit, I mean, from a bowling standpoint, Cheher had one or two really good matches. Sam Curran looked pretty good. 
Let's talk a little bit about the misses. Varun, did you have any major misses for, for the Chennai Super Kings? Yeah, I think your favorite player actually, Shardul Thakur. Of course. I uh, picked him for the purple cap and that's the only reason he didn't do well, I think. Yeah, no, I think... So let me give you like my perspective on Chennai. They've, they they sorted out their batting. Ambati got just a bloody brilliant knock. I can't believe that he hit that. I mean, you I gave Paul that award earlier, right? Sorry to yeah. interrupt, but Raidu's made 72 of 27 and yeah. we will not remember that knock because of Pollard's. And that's, that's kind of incredible. his career so far that the game in which he scored 72 of 27, you lose and you talk about the other person. So, I think somebody like Raidu is probably immune to this by now. Like, he's got enough thick skin to know that it's uh, he's not going to be remembered. But, you know, Ruturaj Gaikwad, I just want to give one shout out to him as well. I think between Devdat Padikal and him, they were really the emerging kind of stars for India. Coming to the bowling. Now, the bowling, right, is where I think Chennai is going to have some issues unless some of their key guys step up. Because the batsmen were winning you the game. Yes, there were games where Deepak Chahar got four wickets in the first four overs. But apart from that, he was a bit hot and cold in alternate matches. So, he would either take four wickets or take zero wickets. There was nothing in between. Shardul Thakur going for runs, not taking wickets, a bad sign. Ingidi also going for a lot of runs. Sam Curran not at the top of his game. Jadeja not at the top of his bowling game, I would say. So, I think Chennai... Honestly, let, let's be honest here. They have been better than Delhi this season so far. Especially on just from a net rendered perspective. If Chennai had played eight games, they would have been number one. But they do need to watch out for their bowling a little bit. Yeah, you mentioned Jadeja a little bit weak on his bowling. But special shout out in that match where he picked up three for 13. And made, you know, hit those ridiculous runs. And just had a couple of outstanding games. I mean, I'm a big fan. We all are big fans of Jadeja. So... Right, Varun, I think that brings us to a wrap for the eight teams. I know we have to wrap this up pretty quickly, but in addition to the IPL, the other announcement that happened today or this week was India's squad announcement for the World World Test Championship final against New Zealand in England. Right, so a lot of a lot of things to potentially discuss. There's a crazy quarantine thing they have to do ten days in India before they leave, then eight days in England, and of course it's not easy. And we feel for the players during these tough times. But let's talk through the the World Test Championship squad. I will say from a batting standpoint. I feel a little bit harsh on Shaw because he had a tough series in Australia but has bounced back well. But we've always said on this show, it's tough to use limited overs performance to guide a test selection. So probably the 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 fair call, right? Any other surprises for you from a batting standpoint? What about Hardik Pandya? If he's not consistently bowling, does he belong in your test squad for you? No. And I think we have said that and Kohli has said that, that if Hardik Pandya is not bowling in test cricket, he doesn't have a place in the side today because he's not reached the stage of playing as a pure batsman only in test cricket. Uh, last time he was in England, DJ and I were actually, I think, in Nottingham uh, watching him bowl. And both of us had said, this is Hardik's day and he picked up five wickets. So it shows you that importance of having the bowling all-rounder. But he's yeah not surprised with his exclusion. What I am going to be surprised about is how... India managed this batting lineup because how do you slot Hanuma Vihari into this 11, right? That is going to be India's biggest question. I think Gil did well. You talked about Shaw. Look, given he had that kind of... Uh, the problem in terms of his batting stance or the back lift, there was a gap somewhere. He's worked on it from limited overs, but not totally. But generally, batting lineup solid. I think Vihari is the question, how do you play him in? Jadeja is also back. Ashwin is there. No surprises as such in this entire team. I think the only 
challenge for India is going to be who do you pick on the on that day? Because remember, for the World Test Championship, you don't have the luxury of saying, you know, they, I've got three matches. I can rotate my players, different grounds, different skill sets. You have one game, and honestly, I think you're just trying to just counter Trent Bolt in 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 that final. So, how does India go about this? Do you? Go a little bit more batting heavy, given the record against uh, New Zealand Pacers and in England that India doesn't start off well with the bat. Or do you continue India's strength in Test cricket, which has honestly got them this far, which is their bowling? It's it's not going to be easy. Yeah, I mean, Bolt, Saudi, Jameson and Neil Wagner, right? Like somebody was saying the other day, I think, this this is almost reminiscent of the 1970s West Indies bowling. Like, that is a phenomenal place at hand. Yeah, except the guy who was saying it was the New Zealand bowling coach. So, Oh, is that who it was? It doesn't, doesn't count for much, but yeah. It made all right. the headlines, so I thought it was somebody else. But anyway, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I'd say really quickly on India's bowling, Kuldeep Yadav being left out, probably harsh but fair. And honestly, I'm okay with the fact that, again, depending on what happens with COVID, etc., he can actually just go work it, practice, work in the nets, hopefully get some domestic game time, etc. Maybe go play county cricket in England, do something. But just following the squad around, not playing, wasn't helping him. He needed some time away. So, uh, disappointing, but no real surprise there. Other than that, base lineup looks solid. You got Bumrah, Ishant, Shami, Siraj now, Shardul and Amesh. So, a solid six-man base lineup there. And both uh, Ashwin Jadeja, of course, and Jadeja and Akshar both got uh, in the squad. So, it's unlikely they'll both play, but pretty good to see Akshar retaining his spot after a really strong uh, couple of tests in Ahmedabad. And that brings us to a wrap of this week's episode of the Edges and Sludges Cricket Podcast brought to you by Seattle Tires. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. You could remember really quickly, we're running a hashtag bat with Seattle contest. So if you write in, tweet us uh, the answer to this question, which is, which batsman has made the most runs in the World Test Championship that's been the current series or the current round of the World Test Championship? Send us, send that in, hashtag bat with Seattle. We will be back next week. No midweek episode, obviously, because there's no IPL going on. But, just, you know, stay safe, obviously. Everybody take care of yourselves, your families during this tough time. And we'll be back in a week's time. You can get us at One Tip One Hand on all social media. We'll see you next week. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On The Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled, but must be beautifully managed. And on The Filter Coffee Podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx Program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at ivmpodcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. 
Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.